feel I feel really delighted that I can be so creative in yeah. my job and I have such amount of freedom to do my job that I wouldn't find at least in other industrial projects I think. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Challenge Accepted, our employee-focused podcast. I'm your host, Annalie. In this episode, I'm joined by Alvaro Rabanos. He talks to us about his career so far as an architect and how he deals with designing and constructing gigafactories with his team. That's it from me, and now on to the episode. Welcome, Alvaro. Thank you for coming into the studio today. Yeah, thanks to you. Thanks for inviting me. Delighted to be here. So can you please just introduce yourself and your role at the company briefly? Yeah, well, um, you said already, I'm Alvaro Ravanos. I'm originally from Spain. I'm an architect and um, I was doing most of my career in industrial projects, mostly in automotive in Germany. And um, my role in the company is part of the blueprint and factory design team um, on the construction part of it. So I'm mainly designing the future factories of the company and running that team. Mm-hmm. Small project. Yeah. <laughs> So how did you end up at Norfolk, of all places? Um, it was a bit longer than three years ago. Mm-hmm. I was working previously for BMW in Munich. And um, I was at that time, I was looking for something more uh, challenging, so to say. It's not that I didn't like my job. It's not that I was, uh, it was pretty much the, um, the traditional construction job. And Norfolk, when they came to me, uh, they say, okay, we are doing something completely new. We're going to have a big impact. Uh, we are not only doing the projects, but we're also building up the company. I say, okay, this is a good challenge enough. I think I will take it. Mm-hmm. So that's the main reason, actually, the the challenge and uh, getting convinced about the vision and, yeah. uh, and mission by Novol. And taking on a large project like building gigafactories. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you work in, uh, in Blueprint, like you said. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what it's like constructing these massive projects yeah i mean you you have to imagine that it's not uh, the same thing as doing other large projects um the battery industry industry is kind of new in europe which means um there is no experts of 20 30 years mm-hmm. experience in that industry in europe uh, it doesn't exist so we almost start from scratch every time so in that sense it's, it's pretty creative yeah and um, when i came here um what I realized is we don't even know sometimes what we want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was probably the first exercise mm-hmm. because in this kind of projects, an industrial project, for, at least from my architectural point of view, uh, what you are doing is uh, that the form follows the function, which means uh, without knowing what's happening inside your factory, you cannot build up the factory. So that was my first uh, task, so to mm-hmm. say, to collect all the things that I think we need to really realize how the factory should look like. Yeah. Yeah. Building along the way. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that must be fun for you as an architect, uh, with like upcoming projects to sort of then bring on a little creative creativity and like what we should be building, how we should build it. That must be pretty fun because every gigafactory isn't exactly the same, like exactly. given Germany or or Canada. Exactly, yeah. and we still didn't find out what is the perfect setup for the factory. We're mm-hmm. still on our way. I mean, the technologies that we host in our factories they are new. Yeah. They, I mean, the the industry is developing. So every time that we go into a new factory or a new block, new building, mm-hmm. we need to find out what's the best uh, setup. And to me, this is a for uh, for industrial projects or industrial uh, yeah, industrial construction, so to say. It's super creative. It's more creative than uh, any other like regular or classical architectural construction jobs that you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's not that we are just painting colors everywhere or something like that. But you would say that's sort of like the myth of of your job is that it's not creative and it's very like standard. This is how you build sort of like pretty yeah. squared. 
exactly. career or slash like profession? I mean, when I compare with other industries, industrial industries like mm -hmm. oil and gas or automotive or pharma, it's not 100%, but it's pretty well defined, yeah. everything. So you know almost from the beginning how everything is going to look like or at least how you should do things. And this is not the case here. So mm -hmm. you don't know exactly how is it going to look like. You need to be creative and try to find that out. Yeah. And also you need to try to find out what is the best way to do it, to get mm -hmm. there. So both things, what do you do and how do you do it, they are a very, very creative part of the job yeah. in comparison with another uh, industrial project. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the hardest part about your job at Norfolk with these projects? I think it's it's probably also connected with uh, with the growth of the company. So mm -hmm. we are changing a lot. With it's uh, it's it's challenging, and um, being part of the growth it's it's super nice. But sometimes it's it's also hard because uh, you you think at some point ah, okay now we have the setup now we run. <laughs> but then two months three months you need to change again because you need yeah. to adapt. You yeah. get more people coming. Uh -huh. You get new challenge, new scope. And then you need to adapt. And that's sometimes hard, especially, I think, for the new people that come, mm -hmm. that uh, join the team and so on, because most of them, they come from not such changing environments and uh, making them understand how this changes and how, or recommending them how to adapt and so on, that's probably, that's probably hard. But so far, we managed to make them all understand. <laughs> so I think it's also, it's very rewarding yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I think a lot of people that I've talked to of course, it's it's like a learning curve coming into to Northbolt, but I haven't heard anyone saying that they're still struggling like they did the first month or two of the no, job. That's... Given that it it is it's a huge it's a huge learning curve. It doesn't matter where you end up in the company; it's all just a lot of things are happening. It's very fast, and there are a lot of things you need to learn very quickly. But what's your favorite thing about working in your team and working with what you do? I mean, there is two things that I feel say are the favorite, but my favorite one is the people, to mm -hmm. be honest. All the people that join Norval, I see not only in my team, but in the entire company, they have something special. And I think we are kind of a magnet for these kind of people. I really enjoy coming to the office and not only because of my team, because I also love going, for example, to the site and meet the people on site. Either is it now in Germany or is it in Colefteo or at some point probably in Canada. I think we all share this kind of mission, personality. We, mm -hmm. we share something and I really enjoy that. And the other part is like I, I mentioned already. So I feel I feel really delighted that I can be so creative in yeah. my job. And I have such amount of freedom to do my job that I wouldn't find, at least in other industrial projects, I think. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's the defined projects that might hinder your creativity. And that's not really the case at Orfold. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's, I mean, it's, it would be, it would be a surprise for the most of the people that they think yeah. they're thinking about industrial projects, but mm -hmm. not with this level of creativity. Yeah. So what, what made you choose this career path or what inspired you to work in this industry? I was doing, as I said, most of my most of my career industrial projects. I like the complexity of industrial projects. Mm -hmm. I mean, architect is not really the like the traditional path that. Because is that take. is that what you started with? Was that your education was architecture? No, I actually started with residential. Okay. At the beginning of my career, I was trying different stuff, mm -hmm. like not pure architecture, but also, for example, I don't know, and so MEP is more towards utilities or uh, real estate and so yeah. on. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was able to try many different kind of projects in yeah. different industries. But I really like the I really like the the complexity of industrial projects. Mm -hmm. And I really like also the engineering part of my job. Because at the end of the day, when everyone's thinking about architecture, they think probably about Norman Foster and so on and they're doing super nice sketches, but the reality of the most of the architects, you are a building engineer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I really like working with uh, with engineers. So that part of uh, of my job I really like it. And I think 
it gets more fulfilled in industrial projects mm -hmm. since you the engineering part is heavier than in residential or offices. For it example. challenges you on yeah. a daily basis. Like, how exactly. do we make this work? Like, that's the biggest part. And exactly, and especially in Northvolt, the thing that probably makes me makes me even even happier to work here and in other industrial mm -hmm. projects is the impact that you have. Yeah, because. I mean, nothing against the residential or offices and so on. I mean, they are super nice projects. We still that. need them. <laughs> exactly. And I think they're very good, very good work done also in that industries and so on. But the amount of impact that you have is not the same mm -hmm. as you're doing here. So this really, this really motivates you. Mm -hmm. It's actually, okay, let's say you with an office or with residential, you impact a certain area, certain people, certain city. Yeah. But what we're doing here is not only about <laughs> a neighborhood or a city. Yeah, or a building. It's about products that are coming exactly. out of that building. Yeah, exactly. So you, the way you feel after that is not only seeing the building, it's also seeing cars running with your mm -hmm. batteries, seeing batteries getting recycled. So yeah, it's much no, bigger. That, that makes total sense. Would you say that there are any sort of current challenges you and your team are facing right now? I think I can connect that with the, with the rapid growth of the industry. And we are getting a lot of projects at the same time. Which means uh, we still need to find out the synergies on how can we use what we learn from another project mm -hmm. or what we're doing in another project, how can be used in another place that is running a project in parallel. So that's probably the challenge now. In the other hand, it's good news that we have a lot of a lot of work. Yeah. It means that uh, we are it's demanded growing. and we yeah. are needed. But it's it's really something that um, we are on the way to think on how to do it in the best way right now. Yeah, some sort of creative problem solving about how yeah. you move forward with the other projects. I mean, I, this is the main or one of the keys uh, from Blueprint or one of the main missions from Blueprint mm -hmm. the, to make Northwell as scalable as possible. Yeah. I mean, put it on an easy words to copy paste as much as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but sometimes always... you sometimes you can't. I mean, since like you said, it's such a new industry. Yeah. Things are changing and evolving constantly. So there are certain parts of what you're doing that you feel, okay, this is scalable. This maybe not so much given that it's constantly changing exactly yeah and and then we try to standardize these portions mm -hmm. i mean there is always going to be something that is deviating because when you go to another country yeah local conditions local regulations are going to be different so mm -hmm. we cannot expect that everything is going to be 100 percent exactly yeah copy -paste. that too mm -hmm. but as much as we can that's what we try to do yeah would you say given that you said that rapid growth and learning every day and building factories in different countries would you say you learn new things every day yeah that's i love it i mean i love working in uh, international environments yeah and one of the things that i i, I mean it's not that i'm 50 years or i don't know 30 years experience or something but i i i'm blessed that i had the opportunity to work from people from all around the world from my field and you really you, what I learned is that there is not only one way to solve things. So I'm I'm really hesitant when someone comes to me like, no, no, it should be done like this. They say, okay, but I saw a Jap the Japanese are doing different or the Germans are doing different mm -hmm. and they also solve the problem. So it's super nice and this is what I try also in my team to get people from as much as possible international with different, different point of views. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, because it gives you this 360 view mm. on really mm -hmm. how to solve problems. So I will say this is one of the parts that I I enjoy the most. So you have a very international team. Yeah. I think I have one suite. No, no, no I have more. <laughs> <laughs> but even, I mean, I've I've experienced that even a lot of Swedes at the company have 
been living or working in different countries. So even there, they've taken a different perspective as well because they get experience from other areas. Do you do you have sort of a, a moment over the three years that you've been here that you had sort of a, a project or something that you did with your team that you felt extra proud about? Um, I mean, I, being in the construction, it's, it's very easy to feel proud because when you see the um, buildings getting erected, mm -hmm. Uh, that's Surreal. really nice, yeah. and then in the in this in the scale that you're doing that, it's it's really nice. So I can say I don't know. I was part when I, when I joined the the blueprint and factory design. First assignment was Norvold at expansion. Yeah. So getting there and seeing how the steel was getting erected, how the building, how what you were putting in paper, so to say, is getting real. Yeah. That's really nice. That must That's be super rewarding. Really nice. And I felt I felt this kind of proud in the past with previous projects, mm -hmm. but not in this scale, to be honest. Yeah. I mean the They're big. The size <laughs> of them is a different story now. It's it's honestly overwhelming every time I'm there. But I have to say that when I was there on Monday, there was this different feeling being on site that things were from like a year ago, it just felt like it was an actual factory that was running. It felt very, just I I also I even felt proud, and I don't even work with the buildings, yeah. <laughs> but it was just a it was a surreal moment where I'm even walking into the buildings and walking the lines and seeing just how much everything has evolved just over a year's time, and then of course buildings being built that had popped up just in the past six months, so I I can't even imagine how it must be working directly with it and seeing yeah, that yeah. It, very it really rewarding. Is. It really is, and then now I we started because we already did several projects. So we're starting to see the evolution from each of them. So that makes you double proud. So it's yeah. not only seeing the building, so how your design and your construction evolves. Mm -hmm. That's really Do you have nice. any sort of advice for anyone who would want to get into this this field or even start at Norfolk? Yeah, I mean, I will say, especially I'm talking probably about my my field, that mm -hmm. is construction. If you are really, if you really want to make an impact, and if you feel that because that's the fact that the construction industry is sometimes a bit traditional, and you want to get out of it, this is the probably the biggest opportunity you have in mm -hmm. in Europe nowadays, to be honest. The, because of the size, because of the impact we have, and also because of the mindset and the mentality of the company, you are given, we say, a free card to design and to come with new ideas. And to be honest, I didn't find that uh, that opportunity or. Mm -hmm that window of opportunity in, in my career yeah. before so would you need construction as a background or could you be an engineer like what is what is the prime thing that someone would have to do to work with gigafactories i mean building first them. thing is to be open-minded <laughs> yeah because we are not working in the traditional way as mm -hmm. you do as you will do uh, on a construction project so to say you don't need to be an architect you don't need to be a structural engineer you being an being an engineer willing to learn i mean i don't i don't know i don't just not have uh, like structural engineers civil engineers in my team there are mm -hmm. utilities engineers there are mechanical engineers there are electrical engineers so um all not all but this sort of um, classical engineering disciplines they all fit what we are doing here mm -hmm. so and i guess <laughs> not only mine but these other disciplines are also kind of uh, fit into traditional modes of working so if you really want to try something new and if you have great ideas this is the place yeah that's awesome okay well to round this episode off i would like for you to share a personal anecdote or a story that you think the audience would like to hear okay i have one i was i was moving a lot because of my career from cities countries etc and I learned that you cannot you cannot move or you cannot live always with uh, a lot of a lot of stuff. So I try to sell always and to clean a little bit the stuff that I have every time I move. 
So one of the times I I was not playing anymore uh, video games. So I tried to sell my my video console with the video games and everything. So I went to one video game shop to do that. And I mean, they took everything, but uh, one of the video games, it was a, a football, a soccer game. And now, why why are you not taking it? No, 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 we are not, we are not buying back this, uh, this video game. And I was shocked. So I needed, I, I just brought it back. And it was home. the only one they wouldn't take. It's the only one. They took all the, re- all the rest. And I was I was asking myself why why is that I will ask my I will ask my cousins because I have cousins that are teenagers and mm-hmm. they are pretty much into video games. Say I tried to sell all my video games, but they didn't want to take one of them. Is this uh, is this a FIFA game? You know, I I love that game. I don't know why they yeah. didn't want to take it. And they I I saw them a picture with the version of the game and everything. And my cousin told me, ah, but I know why. You know why? I mean, the players in that game they are all retired. They are not playing anymore. <laughs> So, so the stars okay. of the game aren't even playing anymore, and they thought that, of course, it's it's not worth. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, this is a reality hitting me. Mm-hmm. I'm getting old. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I but it's a it's a com- but FIFA <laughs> but FIFA is also a very popular game, so it's fair of you to think that someone would want to play it. Yeah. So. Okay, well, thank you so much again, Alvaro, for coming into the studio. Thanks to um, you. I had a really nice time talking to you. Um, thank you for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. 